0: Welcome to Leading the Way, with pastor and author of the recent book, Empowered by Praise, and more than 50 additional titles, Dr. Michael Yusuf. As we press further into the month of December, no doubt Christmas activities are increasing, right? Whether it's school presentations, work gatherings, or church musicals, already busy days are getting busier. Which is why we sometimes need a cause to pause for a reminder about the reason for the season. So today, Dr. Yusuf is ready to share the message called, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. But why? Listen carefully as Dr. Yusuf begins today's episode
1: of Leading the Way. C.S. Lewis wrote an introduction to his novel, and if you've ever read it, you need to read it. He's written too many novels, of course, but The Screw Tape Letters is an amazing little book. And in effect, in that introduction, he said, There are two extremes. One is believing that the devil does not exist, and the other is excessive fear of the devil, especially for the believers. Both are equally erroneous. It is not surprising, therefore, my beloved friends, that the Bible tells us that one of the reasons why Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. One of the reasons why Jesus came to our earth is to destroy the works of the devil. I'm going to come to that in a minute. We saw in the last message that Jesus came from heaven according to the Word of God to deliver us from sin and from the power of sin and from the wages of sin. And today we're going to see another reason why Jesus came from heaven. And I want you to turn with me, please, to 1 John as they say in England and Australia, 1 John, 1 John 3, 8. And what I want to do, I want to give you a home-spun translation, my translation, my paraphrasing, if you like, because it's not really exact translation. You ready? He who habitually and without any qualms sins is of the devil because the devil is a sinner from the beginning. Yet the purpose of why the Son of God appeared was so that he might destroy the works of the devil. What does it mean when John said, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil? It's works in the plural, of the devil. It means that he came to eviscerate the devil, that he came to disarm the the devil, that he came to remove the fangs from the old serpent, that he came to knock out the teeth from the roaring lion. And we will see in the next message how Jesus also came in order to prepare the final church, the last church, for its final triumph. When the apostle John, who leaned on Jesus' shoulder, was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God… pin down these words, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He and the early church were facing one of the greatest challenges that the church, the early church, the first church ever faced. No, it was not the Roman persecution. They already have that. No, it was not the false accusations by the religious leaders. They already have that. No, it was not even the fact that they have been despised and rejected by society. They already experienced that. But none of these really threatens the church. Listen to me. None of these things threaten us. In fact, these things strengthen the church. Persecution strengthens the church. Rejection by the world strengthens the church. But their biggest And the most hideous and the most dangerous, insidious threat to the first church was coming from within the church. It was coming from false teachers and false preachers in the church. It was coming from false prophets in the church. It was coming from false church hierarchy. One of the earliest and the deadliest threat to the early church, the first church, was a heresy known as Gnosticism, knowledge, knowledge. What did these Gnostics believe, and why were they such a huge threat to the church? And I'm telling you right now that we have come a full circle because the very first heresy that threatened the first church is now threatening the 21st century church, the last church. So what these Gnostics, what does these false teachers who have invaded the 21st century church as well as the 1st century church believe? Well, I'm glad you asked. I want you to fasten your seatbelt, because I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version of it. The Gnostics were those who viewed themselves as more knowledgeable— than the Bible itself. They viewed themselves more intellectual elite of the church. They viewed themselves as those who know more and better than the Bible-believing disciples. Gnostics saw themselves as too sophisticated to believe all that stuff about Satan and evil. Gnostics saw themselves to be above this fundamental biblical faith. That is why I personally believe with all my heart, and this is personal, that we have come full circle. The very falsehood that had threatened the first church is now threatening the 21st century church. The Gnostics of the first century are now pastors and, and teachers and other professing churches all around us, the apostasy of the first-century church is now running rampant in the last church. For I believe that is who we are as a church. We are the last church before the return of Christ. Look at the text with me. Jesus came to do what? Destroy the of the others. Beloved, the Bible makes it very clear, very clear, that Satan is the author of evil in the world. That Satan is the perpetrator of all the suffering in the world. That Satan is the sower of discord and disunity and division in the world. Have you ever seen greater division in families? Are we seeing with our own eyes today? I have not. Satan is the one who is now blinding the eyes of men and women, boys and girls. To stop them from seeing the truth. And they bought into the lies of this culture. Satan is the instigator of sin that brought death. These and a whole lot more is what the Bible called the works of the devil. Satan knows. That humanity was created, we were created in God's own image, and when God created us, He placed in our hearts I'm talking about every human being that is in the face of the earth, every human being that ever lived that were created with something inside of us that we have to believe in something, that we have to believe in someone. Of course, God's original intent in creation placed that in our hearts that the original intent for us to believe in God. But because Satan knows that he cannot stop that desire of believing, he provides them with false gods. He provides them to believe in other things. And make no mistake about it, listen to me, secular humanism is a religion. Universalism, which says the belief that now 60% of so-called evangelicals believe that all the way always lead to God, all religions lead to God, that is a religion. That the so-called sexual revolution, that is a religion. That atheism is a religion. And do not ever forget that God calls Satan a liar and a father of lies. No wonder dictionaries now... Contemplating a new word. Post-truth. Post-truth. We are in post-truth time. It's your truth, my truth, his truth, everybody's truth, and his, And, and the, how can you confuse people more than that? But Jesus came to do what? Destroy the work of the devil. Jesus came to reveal to us the devil's destructive work. He came to expose the devil destructive modus operandi Jesus came to unmask his despicable and deceptive nature can i get an amen? amen question if jesus came to destroy the works of the devil then why in the world is so much suffering in the world why is satan continues to operate freely in the world Well great question it really is a great question as long as people are willing to follow and obey the lies of Satan, he will have a hold over them. This is why you hear me often say, and I'll say it once again, Satan has no claim on the believer unless the believer hands him the keys. The tragedy is that there are so many professing Christians... Who live as if Jesus never came to destroy the works of the devil? Let me show you how the devil works. I can give you dozens of examples. I want to give you just two that relate to us as families and different relationships in our family. This miserable character comes to a married couple who, as soon as they have an argument which is normal, everybody does, every married couple have an argument. If you don't have one in your home, I won't talk to you. <laughs> in my home, because we are, yeah, I'm a pastor, we have to use sanctimonious language. <laughs> we don't call it argument. We call it vigorous discussion. <laughs> but if the argument is not resolved biblically, when the argument is not resolved quickly and biblically, the miserable devil... Is going to slither his way into the marriage. And he'll whisper, Your spouse is not fair to you. You deserve better than this. You shouldn't put up with this. You deserve someone who really appreciates your superlative qualities. <laughs> yeah. Right. At that point, the Christian spouse has a choice, has a choice. He or she could say, devil, get lost. I will obey the Word of God. Or say, yeah, 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 thank you for the sympathy. Huh, you're right. A miserable creature then would say to the spouse… You know Snookums up there, you know, down there or next door or wherever that Snookums, wherever Snookums is, you know that Snookums always telling you how good you look? Ah, he will make you happy. She's going to make you happy. Let me tell you something. Nobody can make you happy. I love my wife with all my heart. She does not make me happy. Only Jesus makes me happy. God forbid that anyone makes you happier than Jesus. God forbid. And what happened in the end? The marriage dissolves. Why? Because a Christian said yes to Satan. And they swallowed his deception, hook, line, and sinker. But remember, Jesus came, why? To destroy the world. (laughs) Or take a teenager, a son or daughter, who refuse their parents' discipline, and they think that their correction is just cramping their style. We've all been teenagers, and we know what that is like. At least I do, because I was a rebellious teenager. Satan would slither his way in, and he would say to the young man or the young woman, your parents don't really understand you, do they? Are you sure your parents really love you? I think your parents just get a kick out of making your life miserable. You need to do something to hurt them and then look cool with your friends. (laughs) Start drinking. Start experimenting a little. Get sexually active. At that point, the young person has a choice. They can tell Satan to buzz off and realize that he's lying through his teeth, or say, yeah, to his despicable, deceptive trick. Beloved, the home and the church is where all these thorny issues must be discussed, and the revealing of the enemy's dirty tricks and destructive nature must be openly discussed in the homes and in the churches. For if we go along with the works of the devil, instead of claiming the victory in Christ that is already ours, it's already ours, we will wake up one day in deep despair and destruction. Why? Because we said yes to the works of the devil that's already been destroyed by Jesus. Jesus came to do what? Destroy the works of the devil. Now, Talking about divisions. It's creating in the homes. Creating between parents and children. Division that he's creating between men and women. The division that he's creating between the races. Make no mistake about it. I know who's behind all this racism stuff. All that hatred is the devil himself. <laughs> Remember... Jesus came to what? <laughs> Jesus came to destroy the effectiveness of envy and jealousy and lust and hatred and pride. Jesus came to destroy betrayal and fear of rejection. Jesus came to destroy all types of fears and anxiety. Jesus came to give us victorious life. Will you claiming today? Well, someone may ask, but how are we going to deal with others who may have been misled by Satan? We have biblical strategy. Biblical strategy here is very clear. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Let me repeat this. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Bless those who falsely accuse you. Love those who hate you. The opposite, of course, is true. Every time you fall in Satan's traps, he tightens his grip, which Jesus came to loosen. Every time you go against the Word of God, you are saying yes to Satan's works, and you're handing him the key. Here's a very important fact. Jesus did not come to restrain the devil… Jesus did not come to limit his power. Jesus did not come to neutralize the power of the devil. No, he came to do what? Destroy it. One more thing. The word destroy means to dissolve or loosen completely, and it's often used to describe a ship that has fallen apart into pieces. In other words, Jesus came to make a wreck out of Satan's power. Yes. He broke his chains asunder. He smashed his grip to smithereen. He destroyed hatred by his love. He destroyed lawlessness by his righteousness. He destroyed the power of death by his resurrection. He destroyed eternal death by offering us eternal life. Amen. And that is why. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, beloved, victory is not some elusive, unattainable dream that preachers talk about. I think you can understand that I could not preach that I'm preaching now without having had first hand experience with that miserable creature. It is not ethereal, elusive dream and unattainable dream. Victory actually is ours when we refuse to open a door or a window for any of the works of the devil. Now, let me tell you this as I conclude. It's a true story that I love to tell. And it's about a missionary who was away from home for a few weeks. And then he came back home. And as he opened the door of his house, he discovered a huge python inside the house. How did it get there he couldn't understand. So he ran back to his truck and he grabbed his 45 caliber pistol and went back to the house and he entered very slowly and very carefully. Then he aimed with precision and fired one single shot at the snake's head. While it was mortal blow to this reptile it did not die instantly the missionary at that moment went out of the house stayed outside and listened as he heard noise of destruction of some of the furniture in his house as the snake began to thrash violently The tremendous power of the snake's movement broke and damaged many items in his home. So he waited until the noise subsided. And then again, very slowly and very carefully, he began to go inside the house to find the snake to be dead. But the interior of the house looked like a hurricane, or as they say in the far east, a cyclone has come through the house. The snake unleashed its most violent fury in the last moment before its death. We're seeing his violent fury before his death and being thrown into the lake of fire. How? As I said, lying now is a form of truth. Who would Jesus say, the liar and the father of lies? The devil, he's succeeding. But because of the cross of Jesus' death, he dealt with Satan a fatal blow in the head. Because now Satan is dying. And these are his dying days. And because now he is wreathing in pain of defeat, he is unleashing his last remaining destructive blows. But He can only affect those who try to nurse Him, invite Him in. He can only be effective for those who carelessly listen to His ugly voice. But to those who walk in the power of the cross, those who take cover in the blood of Jesus, they know that His fate is sealed that his power is foiled and that his work has been destroyed.
0: You're listening to Leading the Way with Pastor and International Bible
1: Teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. Hi, this is Michael Youssef. In these troubled times, you're probably asking, Where is the peace we sing about at Christmas time? Ah, but you can have peace when you come to Jesus, the Prince of Peace you will find true peace and joy. Will you come to Him? If you'd
0: like to talk with someone about any questions you have about Jesus or salvation or living a Christian life, just go to ltw.org Jesus and fill out a quick form, ltw.org Jesus. Well, that's just about all the time we have for today. Thank you for taking a moment to join with us. This program is furnished by leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world.